Hello and welcome to episode 1134 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Monday, January 30th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this afternoon by Justin Mason. Justin, good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. How you doing? It's freezing. Oh, is it? Literally. It's 30 degrees. Oh, that, that sucks. It is. Uh, it's like 55 here. It's like kind of perfect. Like I, I really I'm can't very displeased right now. It's probably going to ice over and... We'll see if our stupid electrical grid here in Texas can even hold it, et cetera, et cetera. But I am excited to talk to you. So that does help. I appreciate you being you because I'm excited to talk more outfielders. And we're going to get through a bunch of guys here, quick hitters, not as many, uh, you know, back and forth that we're going to have. We might, you know, there might be a guy or two that we really deep dive on, but a lot of these should be a lot quicker. These are guys that are very uncertain. You'll notice a lot, a through line of health for a lot of these guys. You know, is this guy going to stay healthy? Is this guy going to stay healthy? I know you don't know that for sure. What I'm asking more, I guess, is if they stay healthy, what do you really think they can do? So we actually got a list A to Z, 26. Uh, it's more than 26 players, but 26 little uh, queries here. So let's just start at the top with a guy that I can't quit. So I I'm going to say yes to the question before I even ask it, but I will ask you because you might have a more sobering take on it. Any hope left for Trent Grisham to be a fantasy impact, say 12 team type of guy, not, not just like a deep league play, but like an actual impact guy that uh, mid and shallow leaguers are using Trent Grisham. I mean, sure. There's hope uh, How much, I guess. I mean, not a ton, I guess. I mean, anytime a guy who's got stolen base upside, like Trent Grisham does, I, you can't, like, be out on him completely, right? But at some point, you really get, you know, disturb, discouraged by kind of the contact skills and uh, the platoon issues. And now with and the sub being on, batting average. Yeah, and him being on a mega team means, like, he's not going to ever hit at the top. Like, that just isn't going to happen um, at this point. Like, he's well, even... Be if he like, came back, I think he could. Because right now we have Hassan Kim penciled in, who I love too. Yeah, but that'll change once Tatis once back. Tatis comes back. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, it, it's really, really hard for me to see like a path where he like turns back into the guy we thought he was gonna be early on, like when he went, you know, ten ten in the fifty nine games in the shortened season. Uh, you know, you start projecting that out and you're going, oh, man, he's like a potential 25-25 or maybe even like, you know, 25-30 kind of guy. I just have a really hard time seeing that happen. Uh, but it's still in there. Like, I, I do think it's still in there, uh, especially the speed uh, portion of things. But I just I don't know that I'm going to pull the trigger very often on him this year. I think it's cheap enough to, um, you know, by the way, I will say we're, we're at 80 we're outfielders, 81 and beyond amongst outfielders. So and we are getting late here with the ADPs. Grisham's ADP is, where is that? Pardon me. 347. So, you know, we're call it 350 and later here. These guys are definitely getting cheaper. Um, and that's why I'm still buying on Grisham, but I don't really want to get them everywhere. And it is a deep league situation right now. It's draft champions where it is easier to take a gamble on somebody. He had 184 last year. That's so bad. Wasn't even worth the 17 homers and seven steals. I know uh, Dustin McComas was in our league. He cut him. I picked him up thinking, hey, there's talent there. Let me try to get some upside. It didn't really come to fruition. I think I got more homers and steals than Dustin got, but with that paltry average. So I totally get it with Trent Grisham. Uh, if you invest, just don't overinvest because – there's not a whole lot of reason to think that he's really going to turn it around. He might just be incrementally better because last year was so bad. 
How many plate appearances this year for Oscar Colas in Chicago? An intriguing prospect on a team that doesn't have too many, but uh, Colas is, is certainly interesting to me. What do you think he can do this year with the White Sox? I said 450. Uh, oh, that's that was, nice. That was also with the idea that Eloy is not going to play the outfield. Oh, my it God. It sounds more and more like Eloy <sighs> is going to attempt to try to play the outfield. Please don't. Um, yeah, I, th I mean, I think it's a really bad idea for them, but clearly they're going to give him an opportunity. Uh, you know, those 450 plate appearances get, uh, I think, you know, high teens home runs, uh, a couple stolen bases. Like, I don't think he's a huge difference maker necessarily, but I do think that he could volume his way to being useful and go through some hot streaks. The problem is he just strikes out so darn much. He struck With out with no patience. Yeah, like uh, I guess it was only a 33 game sample or 33 play period sample uh, in the minors, but like he's projected pretty well to like go like 25, 26% strikeout rate. Um, there is power in that bat. I just wonder how yeah. much he'll be able to unlock considering the contact skills, especially uh, right away for Colas, right? Oscar Colas yeah. in, in Chicago. It's a good park though. And so, you know, there is a world where he can hit 20 this year and kind of be a standout. That is not the high end projection, I would say. But uh, if he can get to that 450 or beyond, there could be some impact there. If they're playing him that much, you would think that things are going relatively well. He did have a great three-level season last year, although only seven of the games were spent at AAA, as you mentioned. But AA and high A were pretty good at age 23, though, too. So he was kind of over the over the level there, or, you know, a little bit too good for those levels. Dominated them, though, in his first uh, tour stateside. So keep tabs on Oscar Colas. If he breaks camp, uh, there could certainly be something there. As far as a volume play, I agree with you there. Do you have a spare wrist for Alex Kirilov? I do not, and I, I got don't a lot. Think I yeah, I got a lot of heat for my ranking of him in my outfield ranks. Um, you know, I'll defend it by saying he 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 doesn't have a spare wrist either, uh, and uh, also that like like the difference between outfielder one forty nine where I have him ranked and like outfielder like a hundred. Is like nothing. Like I mean, they're oh, all naked players. You do have Oscar Colas as 100, by the way. So that's quite fitting that you said 100. And then yeah, Kirilov is 149. He has he has his uh, contingent, his fan base. So I'm not surprised that you got eaten up a bit for having him that low because that is low for Alex Kirilov. But I get it, man. Like it, it's really hard to have confidence in him right now. Uh, particularly on a like a playing time standpoint, let alone a performance. I just don't know where the power is going to be, even if he is playing. So I, too, am nervous about him. I share the concns. Uh, I don't think I have him quite that low, but, man. I, I think I the, the, hard, the, hard, the hard part is, like, what do we project in terms of his plate appearances? Mm -hmm. like, is he actually going to play every day uh, well, and, and stay healthy at the same time? Like I projected him for half a season. I projected him for 315 yeah. play appearances. That's 11 home runs. That's a 251 batting average. That doesn't move the needle in fantasy. It's pretty tough. I mean, he could be the everyday first baseman. Uh, we do have two more Minnesota guys here that we're that we're going to talk about next. So we'll bring them in. Are you buying the uh, five? What, what did I put here? Five hundred ninety third thousand two hundred forty fifth year of Max Kepler average hype. For years, it was his BABIP can't be that low because he's such a good hitter. By the way. I don't say this throwing stones. I was part of this contingent for at least a few of the years because he has great plate skills, 18% strikeout, 10% walk rate. That's a really strong uh, plate profile. But he has a 248 career BABIP, and we always thought, 
Well, he can improve that. More hits can fall in, and then he can be good. Well, kind of gets eaten up by the shift. He has a decent fly ball, you know, decently high fly ball rate, which is not conducive to batting average. And so that's why he's continued to underperform. Well, now you throw in the shift alterations, and people are right back on the train with Kirlo, or excuse me, with Max Kepler. And I don't know if I'm there again this year. Uh, you know, he's priced to buy, being 350 or later, but. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Max Kepler batting average hype at all? I mean, I wouldn't say batting average hype. Like I projected him to 248. I guess that is some batting average hype, but I mean, um, that's usually where people go with him as far as his upside though. We know the powers there. He can throw some chip in steals as well. He had a 10 one year. He has a couple sixes, but if he's going to like have a breakout, I think it's usually coming with some, or people are hoping that it comes with some batting average. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see him hitting like two sixty or two seventy or anything yeah. like that. But I certainly and, project it. And I think that uh, I don't. I think that he honestly needs a trade to a different park, different team. Um, you know, different opportunity. Uh, he might get it. There has been rumors, but at this point, he you know looks like he's going to be on the Twins considering they've traded other guys away and not him. So uh, I've, I've always been a Kepler guy. I continue to be a Kepler guy. I'm definitely ahead of the ADP in terms of where I have him ranked, but. Um, at the same time, not a guy I'm going to overinvest in. Uh, there are other guys who are going around him or, you know, above him or below him in ADP that I just like more uh, and that I, I tend to lean towards. So uh, I, I'm not out on my boy, uh, but he's not like my number one boy anymore. It's, it's hard to be uh, on the Kepler train these days. So I too have kind of veered off. I might end up with a share here and there just cause he's cheap. And, you know, you start picking up different outfielders there and kind of diversify your, your late outfielder portfolio. Speaking of the shift, is it allowing you to uh, fool yourself into some Joey Gallo shares thinking that he could also rebound with his batting average? The answer is no. Let's move on. Anyway, yeah. no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, the answer is no, absolutely not. Like it's, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, maybe he sucks against the shift, but like he still sucks against the not shift. Like the shift isn't the biggest issue for Joey Gallo. The biggest issue is the swing and miss. Like absolutely, it's a seventy-three percent zone contact is so far below league average. I want to say it is. It might actually be the worst in baseball. Um, so like it's. A nightmare for a gal. Or I think I think Luke Voigt was worse than him last year. But other than that, he didn't like, even have jobs. So yeah, like other than that, like he, I mean, Gallo probably shouldn't have a job at this point. Um, you know, he I think plays some defense, defense though. Still, yeah, I think the defense is the thing that keeps him around the league. But yeah, no, like solid base runner too. I'll give yeah, him, maybe he can just do. Maybe he he improves because there is a lesser shift this year. But we're talking about a guy like improving from like a one seventy batting average to like a two oh five. It was batting average, uh, yeah, and so, that like, would be his first time above 200 since 2019. Yeah, so you know that would be something. I'm not even sure I can get him there. I got him projected for sub 200 right now, and that's just where I'm at with uh, with Joey Gallo. It's one of these guys where I have that disconnect where I root for him. I really like him in in, in real life and everything, yeah. but when it comes to fantasy, I can't do it. I have him 190. There we go. See, we're not even getting him over 200 with our batting average projections. Are you staying on the Edward Oliveris hype train? The Michael A. Taylor, I kind of hinted at this during the last episode when we were talking about, uh, you know, Buxton getting the protection of Michael A. Taylor by moving to the Twins there. It does clear a better path for our guy. And we'll talk about the other guys too, so you don't have to bring them up yet. Um, the other outfielders there that have some intrigue. But is it is it Edward Oliveris time? Uh, yes and no. Like, I mean, I think he is 
uh, definitely a guy I'm in on. But like, I got the question today, like, who would I rather? Who who is the next Cedric Mullins, right? In, in Edward Olivares. And and they gave me the options of Edward Olivares and TJ Friedel. We'll get to Friedel here in a minute. I'll let but, you do your Friedel thing. Uh. While Oliveris will be in the article that I promise I will write this year, mm-hmm. um, uh, Friedel's the guy. Like, uh, and I, I mean, I really like Oliveris, but we have never seen anything close to what he did in those couple minor league seasons that give us like the hope that there is massive power or massive speed uh, in the profile. Is there a chance. I mean, but he hasn't done in the minors either. Like, it's not like he's, you know, like look at his minors work last year too. Like it wasn't super great either. Nah, it's 21 games. It was, it wasn't good, but it was 21 games. I mean, he only played 74 total games between triple A and MLB. So there is not a lot to go off. I mean, I don't, I don't dispute that with regards to Edward Oliveris, but he did, you know, he had back to back quality years in the, or actually, you know, pretty much all of his minor years until last year, 15, 12, in 66 games in 2021 in AAA, the 1835 was at El Paso um, in 127 games in 2019. Another double-double back in 2018, 2017. We don't want to go too far back there. But he's been good in the high minors. Last year wasn't particularly strong. One homer, two steals in 21 games. But it's 21 games. It's a 97 WRC plus still. Like He was, he was just blah for three weeks in AAA. 53 games in the majors. Kind of blah as well, four homers, two steals, but only two steals on five attempts. He got caught three times, 110 WRC plus, though. I don't know. I like I, I know there wasn't a, great, a lot of great numbers last year. Though. I'm in. I'm totally in on, on Edward uh, Oliveris still. I mean, I just looked at my projection and then looked at his ADP, and I, I, I realized I'm like 30 spots ahead of ADP. There so you go. clearly I'm in on him too. And there like, we go. I'm, you know, this has been our boy for a while. and um, It's uh, time. It, it feels finally like it is time. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm probably going to have a lot of it. If, if he flops this year, obviously, you know, we can move off. He's 27. Oh, he's 27. Move your ranking up. Move your projections yeah. up 25% more. Do it right now. Only problem is he does still have an option left. I know. I know. But I swear to God. If you they would think that if they don't play him on this team, options. then yeah. they clearly hate his guts and they should just trade him. Because it wouldn't oh surprise God. me. I mean, it feels like there is something against him personally. Like with know. with those with all those options that one year, yeah. Um, all right, I already know who your pick is, but we'll set I'll set it up this way anyway. Which Texas speedster, Leone Tavares or Bubba Thompson? I mean, it's Leone Tavares. I don't think it's not even close. close. Yeah, like Bubba Thompson was a really fun story last year, and it really uh, burns me that I traded him earlier in the year in like oh. that thirty team hundred man like. You could like use those SBs, eh? um, Yeah, because I could have used those SBs um, and that cheap contract that I had them on. But uh, ultimately, Bubba Thompson can't hit the ball, and that is going right. to be a massive issue for him. Uh, and while Tavares isn't necessarily great at hitting the ball, uh, what he does do is get close to league average contact uh, inside the zone, and he plays phenomenal defense. Yeah. Um, and so, like, why can't he be – like diet version of Adolis Garcia, um, you know, a guy who is going to play every day because his defense is so great and the rest of that outfield sucks. He's got speed. Uh, I do think there is some power in that bat, even though we really haven't seen it uh, a ton. Uh, he puts up homers, but yeah, it doesn't have 
huge like isos although it's triple a isos 230 and 191 it is a pcl though too i want to be clear yeah. on that that's a that's a friendly environment he was only at a 105 last year in his 99 games but still had five homers so you know you, you pace that out a bit it's, it's probably like eight homers i'm not doing backflips there but if i get like eight and 20 out of leone Tavares, i think there's upside for more but like you said diet adelise garcia this is why i don't want to pay for adelise garcia though i just want to find the next one and it could be an edward Tavares. it could be a leone Tavares. He absolutely could be the next Adelise Garcia. Maybe I need to do that article too. No, he'll be on the next Cedric Mullins list. Yeah, so. just put just put him on that yeah. one too. Yeah, I agree with you on everything about Bubba Thompson as well. Mm-hmm. Is Harold Ramirez worthwhile despite so few homers and steals, or is he just kind of like outfield Luis Arise? I think he makes sense in a draft champions um, because he will play, uh, mm-hmm. and he is he still first base. I think he's first and outfield eligible, right? So I can check that while you're, while you're um, chatting about Harold Ramirez. But other than that, it's really not very inspiring. And mm-hmm. uh, I just I, – I don't pull the trigger on guys like that in a fab league. I'm looking First for a little bit more upside. So, But, yeah, in a draft champions, he makes a lot of sense because he's going to play, and sometimes you just need a bat that's not going to hurt you. Exactly. I totally agree with that. Draft champions, perfect spot for Harold Ramirez. And uh, similarly, AL only would also be a good spot. There. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, again, another one where I know the answer, but I'm setting you up. Is TJ Friedel another Cincinnati breakthrough candidate we've hyped up? Will Myers together. I've been on the Jake Fraley train. We kind of diverge here on our on our FR guys, though. You're a Fraydel over mm-hmm. Fraley. I'm I'm Fraley over Fraydel. So talk to us about TJ or Friedel, I believe is, is what it is. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about TJ Friedel and what he could possibly do because he had eight homers and seven steals in 72 games last year with some good plate skills. So uh, give us the 411 on him and whether or not we should be drafting him. Yeah, 89.4% zone contact. He struck out 15.5% of the time. Swing strike rate was just 8% in the majors. There's power, there's speed, and he's going to lead off. Does this not sound like the reincarnation of Cedric Mullins, or is it just me? Uh, Yeah, he's my dude this year. Uh, He will be on all my teams. He's already on all my teams so far. Um, and I'm really looking forward to pumping up his value to the point where I do not get him in the main event this year. I swear to God, if you do that again, I told you I don't. I there's, like, there's literally no world in which he does not end up on every single one of my teams outside of someone just jumping him up just to piss me off. Like if I'm in another draft with you, that's like, an I feel encouraging like, thought. Like the, I have him, I have him ranked currently. As outfielder number forty-seven. If you add in Dalton Varsho, it's outfielder number forty-eight. Yeah, I got I got him sixty-four with a pretty yeah. decent projection, and you're skyrocketing. You know, you're you're yeah. moons ahead of me there he, with he's DJ going, He's going as outfielder number ninety-three in so NFC Draft right Champions. Um, yeah, he's going to be on a lot of my teams. This is my breakout pick. Um, so I yeah, I'm, I'm going to have him everywhere. It's a good guy. I I am in. I, I can be in on all three. I can go Myers, Fraley, Fradel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Friedel, I keep saying Friedel. Friedel, I- I'm not averse to getting two, two of the three on on multiple teams here. It's Cincinnati, man, I love it. I love that park, and um, obviously there's reasons to just be excited about Cincinnati players. And he has probably the best skills of the three too, with that with that uh, a lack of swing and miss that TJ Friedel has. So uh, I like that. Now running to the other end here, it's a lot, a lot more boring player. But are you buying a full time Aledmus Diaz in Oakland? And if so, what kind of league types? 
Um, I think, again, this is like another draft champions type guy only. Like, yeah, I do think he's going to play pretty close to full time. I mean, he's he may be their most expensive contract this year so or gross. pretty darn close. So, to be outfield, by the way. So similar to Ramirez where you get that infield outfield capability and you get second base instead of first base. So you even get a little bit more of a unique position for Aledmus Diaz. And if he plays a ton, it's just that volume that can be somewhat appealing just to get a bat in there. In, in Yahoo, he's eligible everywhere. He's eligible outfield, second base, shortstop, third base. Um, and I'm pretty sure you can put him in as the manager in Oakland as well there in you know, Yahoo. So, Player manager. Yeah. Um, so, like, he is eligible everywhere. That being said, like, it's a pretty boring profile for the yeah. most part. Like, it's, it's not something I'm, I care a ton about. You know, it's not like he steals a ton of bases. We're talking double-digit home runs. Like a two forty something batting average. And he might get uh, eaten up a bit in the park, so the power yeah. might go down. But maybe the average goes up. Maybe he finds more gap power cool. and Alexis Diaz hits like two sixty because he is a two sixty six career guy. I think he can just volume his way to ten home runs. Like, yeah, that's that, right. I agree. That's, that, that, I, agree. I mean, that's what even it comes in that down park. To. Even um, if he hits most of them on the road, I, I agree. Yeah. So and you're talking like forties and fifties RBIs runs kind That's of thing. That's the part so, too. It's so bad. Uh, it's, so, I mean, Ooh, really outside of AL only um, in uh, draft DCs. champions. Yeah. That's yep. It. Diaz is who we were talking about there. Second base outfield. Kerry Carpenter is a name that a lot of people probably don't know out in Detroit had a real breakthrough season. Now he was 24 beating up double a, and that is worth noting similar to what I was saying about um, somebody else I was talking about. That was, Oh, Col Colas. Uh, you got to take that into context because that, you know, it's kind of like you should be type doing it, a type type thing. But it, he had 22 homers in 63 games. So even though he was above the age for that level, that was still standout. And he then went to AAA, spent 35 games there, and hit another eight homers. Came up to the majors, hit another six in 31 games. We talked about him a little bit, uh, I believe, in the last episode. Kerry Carpenter, do you think he has 25 homer potential in Detroit with the fence move now? Because it does favor lefties more, and he is a lefty. I think he does um i didn't quite go that far like i, I think i gave him i gave him 448 plate appearances and 14 home runs but i could definitely see it um i think it all really comes down to playing time will they let him play every day uh mm -hmm. i really don't know what the tigers are doing necessarily Shut so up. um i'm i'm a little like confused like the whole cesar Hernandez signing i guess he's Cesar just plays third, and then Nick Mathon can be a utility guy. So, or they both uh, are, right? They're both bouncing around doing things. Yeah, probably. Uh, so, I'm fine with it. It's a major leaguer. Like, you know, I agree with you. Like, I know we always kind of look sideways when a crummy team signs one of these type of dudes, but sometimes you just want a major leaguer to fill. You don't want the whole team to be minor leaguers, right? Yeah. And I think so, the nice thing for Carpenter is because he's a lefty and they want to go righty, lefty, righty, lefty, he's projected at fifth right now, which yeah. is a pretty decent spot to hit in the lineup. It's not the worst lineup in baseball. I did that lineup last night when I did the ace previews. So, um, yeah. Oh, God, it was so bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't I can't sit here and hype up my Tigers too much, but if you can sprinkle some health for Meadows with Baez, uh, Green, Torque, Scope, Carpenter – you know, there's some things there. I'm not, I'm not quitting my boy uh, Akil Badu either. It's a hell of a lot better than Oakland, which is more a an incrimination of Oakland than it is a propping up of Detroit. I will be clear on that. Yeah, we've talked we've talked about these guys a little bit. Let's dive in a little bit more on the 
Dodgers outfielders, Trace Thompson and James Outman. What kind of playing time are you seeing for these two this year? I know that we currently have Trace Thompson penciled in at center field. Uh, I just I don't see how Trace Thompson can be the starting center fielder on the Dodgers right now. No shade to him, even though that is definitely a shady comment to make. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to be honest about it. And I don't really buy his 142 WRC plus in 80 games last year. Sorry if I'm crazy for that. What do you think about Trace Thompson, James Outman? Right now, I have Thompson for 378 late appearances and Outman that seems for fine. 425. Uh, okay. I I thoroughly expect the Dodgers to make some sort of move prior to the start of the season. Um, I just can't imagine a world in which they enter with both these guys projected to get that many plate appearances. Same. Um, so, like, I, 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 but the longer we go and the less options that are left out in free agency and maybe they don't want to trade a bunch of prospects away for Brian Reynolds, like, the more it looks like, hey, maybe they're, maybe they just decide with so many wild card teams now that it just doesn't matter. They're going to make the playoffs either way. And then we'll just go with it. You know, maybe we'll acquire someone at the deadline. Yeah. Um, pay the cheaper price at the deadline. Well, not necessarily cheap, but usually yeah. cheaper at the deadline, especially if you're buying Reynolds a half season later. Mm -hmm. Specifically, it might be cheaper. But yeah, I'm with you, though, having Outman for more plate appearances than Thompson. Totally agree there. Are you drafting either of them? I've drafted Outman a few times because he's really, really cheap. Uh, the price has gone up a little bit, but. Um, I, I, I am definitely intrigued by Outman in terms of his offensive potential. Thompson, for me, just there's so much swing and miss and like lack of contact ability. While there is power in that, like, and we did, like, I, I saw some people being like, look at the gains he made. Look at the Babbitt he had last year to make those gains. And uh, it's, it's insanity. Like, there's uh, there's no way I end up with Thompson in any teams. But Outman, I think, is a guy I, I will continue to target just a little bit in draft champions mostly. Yeah. I think that I think that makes some sense there, James Outman definitely. Uh, Neither are top hundred outfielders in my ranks, by the way. Same, same. Any Kike uh, Hernandez bounce back potential? He's still a guy that you know he's going to play a ton. I think the market has kind of forgotten him a bit. I get it because he had a really dreadful season last year, but I keep coming back to him like I don't. And he doesn't have the eligibility anymore. He's just outfield, but he's the ninety fifth outfielder, pick four twenty six. Anything for Kike Hernandez got you going there, betting? Probably number two uh, or one against lefties in uh, Boston. Uh, I I mean, is he going to bat that high with both Verdugo and Matuzaka now? Like that's my. Big they're both question. lefties. Yeah, I guess he could. I don't turn. think they're going to go left left. Um, yeah, probably. Yeah, because then you got Devers three. You're going to go left left left. Yeah, and he did bat a few times. You know, or he did bat like at the end of the season, like against lefties uh i think for sure against so. lefties he bats that high he might not bat two no he's just bat righties. seven eight or nine against righties um, well, are you putting duvall there or are you putting duvall at four and justin turner at two i'm going off of roster resource we have kike two turner four duvall six because we have a right left situation set up that, for them that sounds right that, yeah, okay that sounds right. Um, so then that's kike at two against righties yeah could be um, so i mean he was dreadful last year but he's better than that right I mean, I, I I think he is. Uh, he had a 5% homer to fly ball rate. It cut in half for him. He had 20 homers the year before in Boston. He's right? Better, so, he's definitely better than what he showed. But yeah. like, I don't think we're getting like back to 20 home runs. Like I, I've got him for 16 home runs, a 239 batting average, like 50s in terms of runs, RBIs. Uh, so it's just... He's like I think I have him as like my number ninety third outfielder. If he was getting second base eligibility back, 
like instead of shortstop, like, I would yeah. like him a lot more. But I would like yeah. something on the infield, even shortstop. I'd take. I want something on the infield. Well, he should get. get he should get shortstop, but who cares at shortstop? Like he's that's he true. It's really deep. You can put him at MI deep. at least then. Yeah, but yeah, that's better than nothing. That's yeah. better than nothing. I, I, I think he could be interesting. Kike Hernandez. I'm going to keep an eye on him. I'll probably get a little something there. For me, Tommy, it's just draft champions kind of. Yeah, he, he for sure right now. Yeah. Tommy Pham or AJ Pollock doing anything for you? They are in New York. and uh, The Mets. I almost said New York and Chicago, which would not narrow it down. They're with the Mets and White Sox, respectively. Pham with the Mets. Um, Pollock with the White Sox. Sorry. I mean... I like them both. Like Wait, no, Pollock's in Seattle. I'm sorry. He was with the yeah, White Sox uh, yeah, yeah. last year. Sorry, yeah. I, I glitched again. I double glitched. Sorry. So reset. Tommy Pham's with the Mets. AJ Pollock is with the Mariners. Any of them, either of them doing anything for you this year? I mean, I like them both individually, but uh, I just don't know where the playing time comes from uh, for both. And um, about the I righties have, who, who yeah. crush lefties. Yeah. And so like I have Pollock for... 500 plate appearances, but that feels really, really um, aggressive. Tough park switch, and, too. Yeah. Um, but that makes him like a top 80 outfielder. So, I mean, theoretically, mm-hmm. I'm kind of in on Pollock. Yeah. Uh, fam, not so much. Like, as much as I actually prefer Fam as a player, but I just don't see the path to consistent playing time unless someone gets started. I think he is Starling Marte insurance at this point. Yeah. And then they probably need Fam insurance, too. Yeah. yeah. You know, he... He's not always healthy. He played 144 last year, though. So, I, I, you know, credit there. 155 the year before that. So, like, he does miss some time, but it's not uh, It's not like 84-game type seasons. He will be 35, though. You're just afraid not to, ra- to rank him too low because you don't want to get slapped. Don't lie. Yeah. I had to make a slap joke, obviously. Come on. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's built into our contract. Uh, Al Thomas, PT Outlook. I know we've talked about this a lot, but where are you currently right now? If, if I shook the Magic 8-Ball, I'd say Outlook not so good. Of course. Uh, and um, he needs a trade. Hey, maybe they could trade him to the Dodgers. Like, that would be a nice little landing spot for him. They're not going to do that individually. Maybe McCarthy but... goes to the Dodgers. I don't, I don't think know. they would do that individually. I, I, but... don't know that, I don't think so either, but I don't know. They wouldn't trade out and, Thomas. Al Thomas is a and, much bigger and, prospect than McCarthy. And what I mean, what are the Dodgers going to trade back? Are the Dodgers going to trade back one of their many rotation pieces? Like, I, I don't think so. so. Well, do they have any young pitching? Because that could actually be a, a worthy trade. Maybe. I, I, I Bobby Miller's too high, so yeah. it'd have to be somebody a little bit lower than that. I don't, I don't. But I don't think Ryan, they, I don't think that, you know, that, something else. I don't know. No, nah, I think it'd have to be more than that. It's not enough. I agree. I agree. Yeah, there's not. I think, it has, I think it has to be close to Bobby Miller, to be honest. Like I think. Oh yeah, maybe yeah. maybe. Well, for Thomas, maybe not for McCarthy. Yeah. yeah, for Thomas. Are you taking Thomas anywhere right now? Because we're not, in not the moment. I'm not even taking him there because he's not the prospect I want to take my shot on. Right. And we talk yeah. about how we only want like one or two prospects that, you know, not Jordan Walker now is looking like he's going to make the team. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the guys who are pretty much inked into AAA to start the year. I don't want too many of those guys on my team. I might even want this next guy more than Alec Thomas, Sal Frelick. He was great in 22 in the minors. What, what does he look like in 23 with Milwaukee? They just got Brian Anderson that kind of crowds things up a little bit more. They have Garrett Mitchell, who we talked about on the last episode. They got our boy Joey Weimer from last fall league. That was really intriguing. They got some players. Sal Frelick find some spot this year to uh, to pop off? I think he does at some point. The question is when. And he's mm-hmm. not on the 40-man roster. Yep. And they keep adding all these guys. <laughs> Like that are just bodies smart, without though, options. Right? Like, because they they want to make sure that they're not 
relying too heavily on these young guys. They, I get it, but it frustrates us as fantasy folks because we're like, what do you need Anderson and Brasso for? They are the same guy. They're literally the same guy. Yeah. Are, you, are you not done with Keston here yet? You know, we start getting angry at the, the veterans that they have around, but I get why you do that. Um, but, you know, Tyrone Taylor, I'm not super on that train as like, He's immovable, so that could open a spot. Then they've we've already got Garrett Mitchell penciled in um, with Jesse Winker at DH. Who I got, love, I love Garrett Mitchell. We got Mitchell at short or at short at center, excuse me. So Sal Frelick might have an opportunity. Like I said, he had a great triple level season last year. I've got some intrigue on him, and like I said, between the two, Alec Thomas and Sal Frelick, I prefer Frelick this year as like a um, uh, draft champions gamble. Yeah, I mean, I like Freilich. I think he's an interesting gamble. I, I think I want a guy with a little bit higher upside. Like, Freilich doesn't project to have, like, um, a really impressive, like, power tool. He's not a very good defender. I like uh, the plate skills, though. That, the I'm making those plate skills with the speed. And I think that's where you go for the upside, right? Like, because he does have really good plate skills, and... Uh, and he does have speed. He's got 60 grade speed. So, like, mm -hmm. could he, in a full season, be, like, a a 10 25 guy i think he probably could that could be pretty nice the question is will he get that opportunity in milwaukee who is you know traditionally very kind of stingy in terms of bringing prospects up yeah yeah so keep an eye on south Relic, but uh don't go overboard with it right now might be an in-season pickup that we're rushing to the wire for yeah and having to pay a little bit of a premium, but might be worth it at that point. I briefly mentioned Adam Duvall. Let's focus on him a little bit more. He's in Boston with some free and clear playing time. We're a year removed from 38 homers. I know his triple slash is always dreadful. He's a career 230, 289, 465. Um, last year it was 213 and 276 on that average in OBP, which is part of why he had a down season playing just 86 games and hitting 12 homers. But with some playing time in Boston, any love there for Adam Duvall? He's a player I've always liked as, as a dude, but then the fantasy is is tough if he's not popping all those homers because he's usually banging your average or obliterating your OBP if it's an OBP league. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you could draft him in an OBP league. Uh, no. So, but in, in an average league, I think he's going to hit twenty home runs. Like I think he's going to play at enough. least. I think yeah. if, he, if he plays a buck forty. Yeah, and I think uh, I think there's a legitimate chance like that he hits thirty. Uh, so like if you're looking for late power. Could he not be like Hunter Renfro-esque? There I you go. Could. And cheaper. So, yeah, much cheaper. Adam Duvall in Boston. Take a look. Um, any Chaz McCormick upside, or is he just – he is what he is with the last two seasons that we've seen with Chaz McCormick. Where, where, where do you stand on him? I think he is what he is at this point. Like, I don't really see yeah. the uh, – like, I mean, it, it was a fun story, especially with – you know the, the pic. picture um but for those that don't know he, he he had a picture his picture when he first started um on nfbc had to have been like his picture at college or something for a yearbook or yeah he, a he looked like an accountant yeah he was wearing a actually he looked like a mormon missionary like he was wearing absolutely black even guy, white shirt yeah. the like black horn rim glasses like that's what yeah, he looked like talk about our, did, did he Lord go Savior, on alvarez <laughs> Did he go to BYU? Maybe like I, I, don't, I don't know. know. Maybe no. that's what it is. But uh, it was a really, answer. it was a really funny gag. I think he's going to play a fair amount. I've got four hundred fifty plate appearances, and that's fifteen home runs and six stolen bases for me. Um, like I think that's fine. Like where he's going, like I don't think that's a bad pick by any stretch of the imagination. It in as far as Houston is concerned, like they're not a team that tends to like go out and get like big pickups. So like I don't yeah. see him being replaced. Like he's going to play. Um, and be kind of fun. 
He went to Millersville University. That sounds like a religious. Oh, Quaker maybe? Amish? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, what was it called? Millersville? Millersville. Multiple major leaguers from there, by the way. Tim Miza, guy who's currently playing. Jim Todd and Jim Weaver from back in the day. It, it's a public university. All right. Okay. So, yeah, we don't know. We're, we're casting aspersions it, here, but the picture it, was amazing. It, it sounds it, it sounds like um, a baseball school. It's got a 96% acceptance rate and a 59% graduation rate. Sounds like you're hanging out to park – you know, spend yeah. some time there, and then you move on either to a bigger school, or if you're mm-hmm. a ball player, you get drafted and and you peace out. But hey, Chaz McCormick made it from there. He's a solid player. I tried to look for upside for him too when I when I wrote him up in the uh, profile in in the baseball uh, HQ forecaster, and I couldn't quite get there. Um, you know, he does have 23 homers and seven steals per 600 plate appearances. So if he found a full season role, that could be like a twenty dollar guy, but. I just don't know that they're going to commit to him for 600 plate appearances. So as much as I want to be excited about Chaz McCormick, I can't really. He's priced to buy, though. So if you do like him and you do share some of that somewhat moderate intrigue, then go ahead and get him. He's not going to hurt you, but he's probably not going to really break out or anything. Hey, Uh, shout out to Chaz McCormick being on their notable alumni list. Oh, that's awesome. Um, And uh, they are the Fighting Marauders. Oh, sweet. That's actually pretty tough. Yeah, yeah, black and gold, too. Pretty cool. It's going to be a tough marauder out here mm-hmm. getting getting us uh, 20 homers out of nowhere. Okay, buy back on Jesus Sanchez. I know you already said yes to that yes. last episode. You can expound on that. Akil Badu and Josh Hill. No. Okay, so yes, yes, if, no. If this, if this was like a Mary fuck kill, um, I guess I would go marry uh, Jesus Sanchez. Uh, I will fuck Akil Badu. Cook that. And I... I will kill Josh Lowe. Quit that um, too. Going to prison. <laughs> so, uh, which is a game we used to play on the Friends of Fantasy Benefits podcast. I keep thinking about bringing it back. Um, so, you have your uh, first one. Yeah. Uh, I think Jesus Sanchez made some real changes. The problem is going to be playing time, uh, especially if Jazz Sissom is going out to the outfield. Yes. Don't, don't say it if. He is. It's happening. Well, it is. I mean, good news for Jesus Sanchez is that Jazz Chisholm is on the cover of MLB The Show, which means he can't get injured. Pick you, you don't even play video games. You can't, you can't be scooping me. That's not fair. I was literally just about to say it. That's why I put my hand up. If you're watching <laughs> on YouTube, I literally was going to do that because I was about to say it, but I didn't want to interrupt you because I interrupt you a lot. So I was like, let him finish, and you scooped me, man. So, uh, yeah. So I, I mean, can't bench the cover, boy. Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, I... I so I, I think there's going to be a hard, hard. I think he's going to be hard pressed for playing time at least early. Um, he but may you, not even make the team. But you expressed some reservations on Brian De La Cruz, though, right? No, I like Brian De La Cruz. We, oh, uh, you were positive on him. Yeah, okay. yeah I honestly I, couldn't remember our conversation. Yeah, no, I like I like Brian De La Cruz, and I think that leaves. Uh, and I I like Abigail as a bounce back. So I think that kind of leaves. Um, Hizu uh, Chances is the odd man out right now. Maybe he gets traded. Maybe. Uh, maybe he just goes down AAA and waits for an opportunity. So I think he's a draft champions by yeah. right now, uh, unless unless something happens in the meantime. If they do decide, hey, no, Jazz is going to play short or Jazz is going to play second base, second. we're not going to uh, we're not going to mess around with this. Um, or if someone gets hurt, something like that. That's the thing. I don't yeah. think they're going to trade Sanchez because you want to have some depth. Yeah, and it's nice to have a little outfielder depth there, and that that you definitely do get that there having um, Avi. Jazz, De La Cruz, Sanchez. That's four guys right there. 
you, you need more than four usually in a year anyway. So having four right there, I think he could even make the roster. Um, yeah. And then Blade, who we've talked about, and I still wish cast for him, but I don't have a whole lot of true uh, intrigue for him. It's more just dreaming. Uh, but he's the, he got the next man up too. So they, they got some outfield depth there. Jesus Sanchez is a good draft champions pick and then see what happens in the uh, in, in spring training. My boy Akil, obviously, hyped him to the hilt last year, was super excited. I didn't get the memo that my favorite team hated his guts for some reason. I did yeah. not know that. And, you know, I've already taken my fat L on that. Uh, uh, we call him Akibadu because I took the L. So I'm obviously back in. I'm not going to completely quit him because he's priced to buy now, right? Like it's easy yeah. to stay back bought in here because it's his price completely cratered. But what are we thinking that he can do? Is is there still some real, you know, double double upside there for Akil Badu? He's five forty five ADP, so he is a draft champions only type guy right now. Where does he stand this year for you with the Tigers? Um, I like him to have an opportunity at least uh, early on. You know, the problem is we saw it last year is. Uh, they're going to give him a quick hook. If he struggles early on, like they'll just go to somebody else, uh, which is uh, really, really disappointing because I do think he's got like probably 15, 20 upside uh, if he was, was given thinking. a full opportunity. Um, I I projected him for, uh, let's see, uh, 458 plate appearances, mm -hmm. 10 home runs, 17 stolen bases. I put him um, for 712 plate appearances in 30-30. Um, no, I kept, I, mean, it, I kept it. Yeah, I kept it cool. Conservative, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I have to, you know, it's projections. You don't mm -hmm. want to go too crazy. No, no, that's a median projection. Right? Yeah, I didn't want to go 40 40 on him, even though that's probably what Akil Badu is going to do. So I kept it at 30 30. Like I said, keep it yeah. chill, be realistic about it. And that way you're not leading anybody astray with your projections. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I do love him, though. And listen, the 15 20 that you said, that's kind of what I was looking for last year. I thought he made in season improvements. I thought. Everything was there. I, I was so stone cold on him, man, and I'm stone cold wrong is what I was, but I was really, really set that this guy was going to be something. And even if he didn't improve the WRC plus, which was 110 in that rookie year, I was like, well, he'll accumulate a 1520, 1525 uh, even. I thought maybe he could steal a bunch, but nope. It was a complete flop of a season. He's 24 years old, though, so I'm not just going to quit him off of one year, um, even though the Tigers did show that they're not big fans of Akil Badu. Let's talk Josh Lowe. You said no on him. Um, you're murdering him, in fact. Yeah. You just out on the swing and miss? Is it just yeah, too much? There's just, there's just too much swing and miss. And, yeah. and, um, and yet you remain bought in on Josh uh, Jared Kelnick. Curious. Um, Because the swing and miss has always been a part of Josh Lowe's game. That's it's a fair counter. Always, that's that's at least a slightly part. fair counter, but I, I still want to. I know we're not anything. talking about Kelnick right now. I know, but, but I brought him up, so I'll let you talk about yeah, him. Yeah. I think it's all in his head. Like I, legitimately I do think there's some of that. I, I do think there's some of that, man. Because he went down to AAA and just crushed. Like, yep. I think it is legitimately something in his head. I think he just, you know, uh, and, and, and some guys never get over that. Like, that's it's something true. we just can't account for. And that's why, like, you know, sometimes mega prospects like Brandon Wood just fails. We just yep. can't account for, you know, their ability to, like, hold it all together mentally. Uh, but, like, Josh Lowe has being a strikeout machine at every level every level yeah there's a ton of power there's a ton of speed the problem is his defense isn't good enough to like even just give him an opportunity in the same way like jose series getting an opportunity yep. this year because his defense is so good that tampa's like well screw it, we'll put him in the eye hole and hope things work out uh but at least he'll help out our pitchers like we can't say that about josh though and that's one of the real big issues with him is the screen miss and 
like he just can't play defense well enough to hold down a spot. Those are all good points. I don't disagree with you on any of that. And I'm also with you on Sanchez and Badu. Uh, Will Brennan or Will Benson in Cleveland? I'm sure people mix them up. The Will Bees over there, um, they are pretty similar. And they're both left-handers, so they're both kind of fighting for PT. What's a scoop? Who do you like better, if either? Well, you have to pick um, one that you like better, but then tell us why you like them. How about that? I, I think it's Will Brennan. I don't think it's particularly close um, because – Brennan has shown like really good plate skills, which mm -hmm. will yeah. Well. Let me alter before you go yeah. too far. I said they're similar. Their plate skills are night and day. They're wildly yeah. different. The similarities are that they're left-handed outfielders for the Cleveland Guardians, and then they start to veer apart from each other. So I'm sorry about that. Go ahead, but yeah, I wanted to be clear that they're actually not that similar. I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, Will Brennan had a nine percent strikeout rate last yeah. year. And uh, Will Benson had 90%. Oh, 30, 31%. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it, only a 5% walk rate for uh, Benson as well. So he's up there hacking. He's got great power, but if you don't make contact, you don't get to show that power. And reportedly, uh, Will Benson is one of the hardest workers in the minors. Um, Benson is, or Brennan? Uh, Benson. Okay. Like, so Benson is like, you know, what we're really scared hard, of is a hard, hard worker. He's a hard worker. He's. Uh, you know, he, he's apparently really, really smart. Um, and that's why he keeps getting opportunities in spite of the bad strike. I right? I will. Brennan is like almost clear opposite in not, not, not saying he's a, not a hard worker, but, uh, there is no real upside in Will Brennan. Yeah. Um, he's like kind of faster Harold Ramirez in terms of that, like batting average, but uninspired power. And like maybe double digit steals, which Harold Ramirez yeah. doesn't necessarily. I don't know. That was the first comp I came up with because we talked like, about him earlier. A, a poor man's Benatendi, like kind that's of, a better comp. That's a better yeah, comp. Yeah, I mean, a guy who's like he's never going to light up the stat sheet, and so he needs 500 plate appearances in order Correct. to make a real difference in fantasy. That's a perfect way to put Will Brennan with Will Benson. I will say we, we brought up the strikeout rate at the major league level, which was egregious, and it's been egregious in the minors. But at AAA last year, to your point about his work. 23% K rate, and he cut the swinging strike rate down to 9%, which was far and away a career best at any stop. His previous best before that in the minors was 14%. So that's a that's a five-point drop uh, down to 9% swinging strikes. So maybe he can bring some of that hard work to the majors, and if he does connect, there is a lot of pop there. But neither has a, a set role right now. Um, what are you looking at for the PT with these two, Will Brennan and Will Benson? Oh, I think Brennan's going to get an opportunity – to at least be on the roster, okay. I, I think Benson probably goes back down to the minors. Um, I think that's fair. So, and then he needs he needs an he needs someone to get hurt to get an opportunity, even though that's not a very good outfield. Yeah, that's true. But they like the defense of of um, Straw and Quan there. So even though they're going to hit a combined mm -hmm. four homers, they're probably going to play him. Uh, and we'll see what happens with our boy Oscar Gonzalez. We did express some concerns about him, and he can maybe clear a path for Brennan or Benson too. So stay tuned there. How is Victor Robles only twenty six? Um, so, I mean, you're a little bit older than me, so you might, uh, kind of remember this movie and then a later, much worse TV show called The Highlander. Yeah. Um. I do. Victor Robles is a Highlander. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the right answer. Do we just move on from there? Do you want to expound <laughs> it all on that? Um, I, I, I kind of don't. I mean, really Victor Robles is who he is. Like, he did actually make some improvements, but, like, he's so far away in terms of making good contact Yeah. Um, that, like, will he still be on some draft champions teams of mine? Absolutely. Sure. 
Yeah, sure, power but, and speed. I'm a sucker. I can't help it. Yeah, like he's still going to bat ninth on a really bad team and yep. swing and miss a bunch. So, yeah, I think that's all fair on uh, Victor Robles. All right, now back to KC. We talked about Edward Olivares. Drew Waters, Nate Eaton, and Kyle Isbell are all hanging out there as well. I guess I'll go MFK on them as well since we played since we played it with the other three there. How do you feel about those three KC guys? I know who your fave is. It might be that uh, that third one I said, but uh, Drew Waters, Nate Eaton, Kyle Isbell, what do you think of these three this year and what they could possibly do? All right, so I'm going to marry Kyle Isbell. I'm going to fuck Drew Waters, and I'm going to kill Nate Eaton, I guess. Okay. Um, uh, you know, I mean – Kyle Isbell is uh, very similar to the same kind of profile as Will Brennan, where he doesn't necessarily have a carrying tool in fantasy, but he's going to accumulate, and I think he's going to play a lot. Like they, they trade him every way. Yeah, and he's a very good defensive player. So um, I think I think he comps even better to your Benintendi thing, where he's not even necessarily diet Benintendi. He could, well, he strikes out more than him, so he still does is a little bit Benintendi Jr., but he could really. Be a double-double guy if you got the PT because his defense is sharp, and you need good defense in Kauffman Stadium. So I like his and, spell as well. And, I mean, some of that strikeout rate, I think, is a little fraudulent. I mean, he had just a 9% swing strike rate last year. Which I like. Um, so, like, I think he can bring that strikeout rate down. So we're talking, like, you know, potentially, like, uh, I don't know, like a 12-16 kind of projection. I don't know exactly That's what I have for him. But I'm, I have him as a top 60 outfielder because I do think he's going to play white a lot um and just accumulate so uh or no i have him 67 so i have 11 home, runs, 11 home runs 13 uh, or 15 stolen bases 242 batting average isbel is the 148th outfielder going off the board so you must be getting him everywhere yeah, yeah. i am mm-hmm. and i will let you say free pick 687 you can you can He's say free, free. Yeah. nate eaton is 681 right by him um, let's get to him before we get to Drew Waters. I know you like Waters a little bit more. Eaton also has some infield eligibility. Uh, or no, he's played some infield. He's not eligible there, but he's played some infield. I wonder if that helps him find maybe some PT. He played a little bit of third last year, 15 games there. So in leagues that count lower thresholds, uh, he will be 3B OF. But for NFBC, he's just OF right now. I know you said kill on him, so he's your lower one. He did have 11 steals in 44 games. Is he doing anything for you, even though he's your third of the of the picks? So if if Isbell is a diet version of Andrew Benatendi, mm-hmm. then Nate Eaton be a diet version of Kyle Isbell. Okay, I can so, see that. Yeah. Um. So like you know like if you ever had Coke Zero, you go from Diet Coke to Coke Zero. Well, where does that put Drew Waters? Is he um, clear Pepsi, Crystal I Pepsi? Mean, Drew Waters is uh just like reincarnation of bad Carlos Gomez. Yeah. Um, yeah. Strikes out like crazy, but has power and speed. Power, yep. power and speed is going to strike out like crazy. So if, if Carlos Gomez is a Highlander, then maybe it actually is just Drew Waters. Um, <laughs> just, you know, he's just changed his name and identity. Uh, you guys get a flow chart to follow this? We're giving yeah, you this, some real good information. I here. mean, this feels like just a gold episode right here. I love, and this is where we're turning this it one is, in for FSW. Highlander episode, yeah. <laughs> um, I like these team ones, so I, I did another one here. Jack Sawinski or Jiwan Bay in Pittsburgh. Now, they're completely different. You're going to get power yes. out of Jack Sawinski or Jiwan Bay in, uh, with speed. Now, so don't just say team dependent because by the time you're picking, you could take anything, right? Like they're, they're so late that you're just picking whatever. So who do you like better between Sawinski and Bay? Give me Bay. 
Give me the okay. guy who's got really good contact skills, speed, and multi-positional eligible, so second base and outfield. Um, the problem is I, I just don't know what the playing time situation is going to be for him. I think he could end up supplanting um, Rodolfo Castro at second base and playing every day. How dare um, you? Because uh, Rodolfo Castro's got the same issue as Jack Swinski, which is uh, swing and miss, like just a ton of swing and miss. I can't so, disagree with that. Um, I like Jack Swinski as for what he is, like a poor man's Adam Duvall. Um, yes. Or maybe he is Adam Duvall. Maybe have we ever seen them take pictures together? We have not. Um, lefty Duvall, so he can yeah. he bats lefty in Pittsburgh, then he goes over to Boston and hits righty. Mm, you're on the so like there. for those of you who are again Paul's age, like you remember like daytime soap operas where they would kill off a character and then you know about a month bring later they bring back his evil twin. Um, Jack Zelensky is Adam Duvall's evil twin. Okay, perfect. I, I'm loving these comps here. These are wonderful. Uh, Kyle Stowers, power potential in Baltimore. He's a left-hander, so he doesn't get murdered by the park the way every right-hander does. Does he have any intrigue for you there in uh, in Baltimore? Kyle Stowers, 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 Stewers. I don't know. I think Stowers. I think Stowers, I think Stowers is correct. Um, I maybe a little bit. I think the question becomes like, where does the playing time come from? Like, will he supplant Austin Hayes or something? Because no, we got him penciled in as a strong side DH right now. Oh, okay, that makes a little bit of sense. Um, I just, I th- yeah, I mean, I think he's a little bit better defender than maybe a, a DH, but. Um, I I could definitely see him. Yeah, maybe he should play right in Santander, DH. But yeah, either way, DH. that would still give him playing time. Yeah, so I think um, I think that would be uh, kind of an interest. He's an interesting draft champions gamble because if he does get the playing time, and I mean it's not like Austin Hayes has been injured a bunch. Santander has been injured uh, mm-hmm. throughout his career, so like like he could easily find himself in a position where he's playing every day um, or pretty close to every day. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I think Stowers is a kind of a sneaky drop champions guy. I think so too. He's, he's pretty interesting. I, I do think he can absolutely rake. And I would say that, you know, I would not put this as my projection, but I think the upside is 30 homers. If he did yeah. find an everyday role, I think Stowers could pop 30 this year. It might be with like a 235, 240 average. And, and that becomes the issue. Cause like, it, like he didn't show necessarily like atrocious swing and miss at the majors, but it was still 30%. Yeah. Um, so he's just super, super aggressive. We're talking about an 18% swinging strike rate at the majors last year, That's which high. is backed up through like pretty much what he did throughout the minor league. So yep. he's super aggressive, and he goes, I'm going to strike out 30% of the time, but when I do make contact, it's going to go a it's long ways. Going to the warehouse. Yeah. Do you care about Nolan Jones in Colorado? I do not because I don't think he has a role on this team until after they trade guys. About five more years for him in Colorado. Yeah. Uh, anyone else you want mentioned? Um, that is a good question. Uh, let me just kind of scroll around and, and see real quick, but I don't think, you know, Trevor Larnark, if he's healthy, um, like he, he could, could be a Stowers too, right? Yeah. Like a, yeah. Like an all or nothing power guy. Well, I think he's got a little bit more, um, hit tool than that, but that's fair. Uh, and maybe not quite the power, but I think he could be really interesting if he could find a role in the team and he's healthy. I think those are two big ifs. Uh, obviously, uh, Joe Adele is buried at this point. Um, With but reason, like, yeah, like I, I'm never going to give up on the on those tools necessarily. Eddie Rosario is a guy that. Um, hey, what's up with him? You know, I think maybe now, like removed from the eye surgeries and the other uh, 
you know, injury issues that he's had, like maybe he could actually get a chance, especially if Marcelo Zuna continues to just be Marcelo Zuna. Uh, Marcelo Zuna. Mm-hmm. Um, um, other guys. Uh, no, we don't. We don't care about Christian Pache. Dude can't hit. No, just um, yeah, he he just cannot hit. Yeah. Miguel Andahar in Pittsburgh do anything for you? He got he got DFA. Oh, never um, mind then. I mean, so, they do have better uh, guys. So, like, what about Cal Mitchell in in Pittsburgh? They're they're starting to pile up guys. Not everyone is gonna be able to play, but Cal Mitchell. Yeah, he's have... probably in a short side of platoon. Um, yeah, probably right. So I yeah. think. Uh, the, the oh uh, Juan Yepes. I don't know where Yepes oh, is gonna yeah. play, um, and he's probably gonna DH more often uh, than play the outfield. But he is still outfield eligible. Uh, if he can find 500 plate appearances, I think he can hit 25 plus home run. I agree. The question is, will like he find him. those plate appearances? And that's what I don't know, especially with the Jordan Walker news that he's gonna have mm-hmm. a really, really, really strong chance to break camp. But, then all of a sudden, you're he could be taking some of the DH spot Walker himself or you're giving O'Neill days off to, via the DH, you know, you start rotating them out and then Yepes loses out. Yeah. But I mean, I have Yepes for 350 something plate appearances and 18 home runs. So we're talking about a guy like that. He easily hit 25 in like 500 plate appearances. wonder if, uh, yeah, I got him for 20 and 370 plate appearances. So I'm with yes. you there that he's got that punch. So that's a good name to bring up. We'll end it there. Outfield, three or episode three of outfielders there kind of covered if there's anybody else you really want us to talk about hit us in the comments or on twitter uh we'll give you our quick hitters on on other guys there you know i, I skipped some guys like andrew mccutcheon i think he kind of is what he is some of those veteran types so we didn't get to every single guy but if you want us to get to anybody individually that you've got a decision on hit us up justin i think we're doing catchers next. catcher yeah, yeah. Catchers on Friday. We'll do all of that at one episode, of course. So uh, get ready to talk catchers. We'll highlight some one-catcher strategies, some two-catcher strategies. But until then, have a good one and stay warm because I'm going to be trying to stay warm myself. Take it easy.